Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoover, Mike Valverde, and for the first time, Walker. Kelly, welcome to the podcast, buddy. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, excited to, to get going on this. Uh, I I've, feel like it, it's weird. It feels like it's been in the works for like weeks or something, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited to to be joining you guys in this endeavor, just talking about football, baby. Yeah, part of our part of our thing is we have a lot of accountability, so we have like a call and response episodes. So I was like, we can't really like jump in in the middle. It's like trying to jump into like double dutch, you know. Yeah. And so no, I'm glad you're on. I was excited when you messaged me on Twitter to say that you wanted on board. So uh, happy to have you. Uh, we'll get we'll uh we'll get a little bit about you in a second. But uh, Mike Evan, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, you know, it's Friday. It's always good to be on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see what this weekend brings. Um, I got to watch the last episode of uh, WandaVision, um, see what's happening. I think they're on their last couple episodes, so I'm pumped for that, too. Okay. You you know the rule. You can't tell me what happens because my, my wife is having us rewatch them before I watch WandaVision. So. Are, you, uh, are you still – What? how far are you guys in, into uh, that Marvel series? Uh, I we're almost done. We got like three oh. movies left, so we're well, good. It's a good thing that they're only half an hour episodes. I think uh, the last two are an hour episode, so you guys should be able to motor through it once you guys get done with that. Sweet, Evan. How are you? How's the boys? Boys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, my boys, but just boys in general. Oh, I'm, boys I'm, in general. I'm, I just got this email. I'm planning. It's the twentieth year of my fantasy football big money league and so we're doing it in vegas and because i had planned a ton of events they they drafted me to event plan the event and so i'm just emailing like trying to see how many people want to stay at the house that will be airbnb and someone just emailed me hey me and zach were talking and maybe people could get hotel rooms it took two of you to come up with that like (laughs) yes you can get a hotel room in vegas yes that's not an idea that's a thing oh my god they're so they're so bad at event planning yeah it is possible and hopefully we'll be in a mostly post-covid future at that point you know when when august comes around yeah i school man at least my kids school yeah i saw a picture of my wife and i at the 49ers nfc championship game from 2000 uh uh was that be due 2020 january 2020 and i was like you guys are so young you guys are so happy. You have no idea what's coming. <laughs> I do that like every picture I come across pre-COVID. It's just like, only if you knew. Yeah, maskless, 60,000 people surrounding me. Just not a care in the world. Ooh, yeah, so, all right. So we will, this episode, uh, I forgot to mention what we'll be doing. We'll be talking about the coaching changes. So we got seven coaching changes that are that are happening. New coaches, Eagles, Jets, Jags, Lions, Falcons, Texans, and Chargers. But first, let's get some plugs out of the way. First plug is for the Discord, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity, which I'm realizing I turned off notifications on, so I've not seen what's been going on in there. I hope it has not burned to the ground. Evan, is it still No, there's tons of chatter. I'm I'm a little shocked. There's tons of chatter. Right now we're talking about our college experience. Great. Okay, perfect. Um, The uh, Patreon for the website. So during the offseason, we do every other uh, episode in the Patreon feed. That will be patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Last week, Mike, Evan, and I revealed our top fives for 2021. The two early, what I like to call them, two early top fives, as well as the sleepers. Walker will do that today, but if you want to hear ours, go back 
to the patreon.com slash football absurdity three bucks a month and you'll get signed up for it if you want to follow us on the twitters i am jeff crisco k-r-i-s-k-o evan is evan hoovler mike is r-f-l red zone and walker is big daddy dricks with an x d-r-i-x all of those handles will be in the podcast description the website is uh fball absurdity on twitter though we don't use it because um we are afraid of running afoul of a bot automation stuff on twitter so uh new stuff on footballabsurdity.com coming next week um i've worked through a bunch of i like to call it like wrap-ups on 2020 a little peeking ahead at 2021 but evan you're getting back to the the original conceit of the website you're going to start posting some satire yeah i want to try to i want to see if i can I want to write satire news articles. I want to see if I can get good enough where it really takes off come July. And that's going to take, you know, six weeks of writing and rewriting. But, yeah, that starts Monday every day. Uh, my first article is going to be titled, Dozens Injured in New Jersey After Locals Mistake Burning Building for the New York Jets. There you go. So uh, <laughs> so more more heaters like that, more bangers and mash like that from Evan. So um, you can see that. I guess it'll be Monday through Friday on Football Absurdity unless life gets in the way. That's the goal. I, I'm specifically carving out time in terms of childcare for that. All right. So that's footballabsurdy.com. So, all right, we got the we got the random plugs out of the way. So let's talk to Walker. Walker, this is the first time people are hearing from you. So why don't you take a couple minutes, talk about your football background, your fantasy football background, um, and uh, we'll learn about your favorite team. But if you want to talk about the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Walker Kelly. Uh 25 years old, lived in Michigan my whole life. Uh, that would explain my Lions fandom. Uh, I, I, there's no other reason why I would have picked this life. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. I feel you're paid. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's rough. But, yeah, um, I, I never played football, um, unless you count soccer. I... Never played flag football, none of that. I just kind of grew up and started watching it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, I just kind of got into the like analysis side of it, I suppose. But I try not to be like a real hardcore nerd about it. Like, I love the numbers and stuff, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, well, this guy's no, no good because blah, 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 spreadsheet. Like, you know. <laughs> But uh, I'm hastily covering up all my spreadsheets. So that you yeah, can see them. yeah, I, I have a, I have my Google sheet with my projections <laughs> open right now as I say that. But yeah, uh, I just kind of a few years ago just started like for reasons unknown. I just like started posting takes on the draft because I was just like, oh, this seems like a thing that I could do. I do it anyway, so I'll just put them on the internet. And then I got a like a weirdly large amount of followers at least it seems like it to me uh <laughs> because of doing that and i was like well i don't know why everybody wants to hear what i want to say but i guess that's cool so just kind of sort of kept doing that for a while and then realized that draft twitter is just a horrifying cesspool of, of garbage um so kind of i still do it but i have definitely uh pulled myself out of of the whole that is draft Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and you've been posting your top five or your top tens. I saw. Um, yeah. Yeah. And all, all that goodness. So uh, hopefully you'll bring that, um, 
that passion and that insight to the podcast. Because if I have a weakness, it's I don't watch the NCAA. So I, I end up behind the eight ball every year. Oh, yeah. I, I did just drop. I know it's a different website, but I, I just dropped my first top 75 big board on aroundtheblock.net. New around the website. All right. Aroundtheblock.net. Um, I will drop a link to that in the... Uh, Oh, it's, <laughs> I don't think that URL is exactly correct, but we'll get a link to oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's atbnetwork.net. ATV Network. All right, so ATV Network, you can find uh, uh, Walker's writings, his ranks there. Um, oh, there we go. So um, I'll go ahead and link off to that in uh, the podcast description. So, uh, Walker, you mentioned that uh, you hated looking at um, – you felt like uh, Draft Twitter was too much – or there's too much math, too many people just relying on math. That's why I knew you'd work here because Evan, what was your philosophy when you won the FSWA award? What did you say? Uh, he said it on fancy sports radio. You said, uh, you, y'all are a bunch of nerds, right? I think I said, thanks for putting up with my hyperactive BS. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said, so Evan's, Evan's conceit, uh, for his philosophy is he doesn't want to feel like he's in math class when he talks football. So that's, Oh uh, yes. But why is it every time I watch an analyst talk about fantasy football, I'm in ma- math class. Everybody loves fantasy football. Nobody loves math class. So there you go. So I think it'll all fit here. So, um, all right, before we get into I have a question for, I have a question for Walker. Um, yes. yeah. Did you did you escape the Matt Millen days or was that like right right in your heartbeat? So I first started watching in 2003, so that would have been Joey Harrington's first season. Uh, so I did not really escape the Millen days, but I was young, so it didn't hit me as hard as maybe it hit my dad. Gotcha. But I remember Charles Rogers. I remember Mike Williams. Ugh. I have a question for Walker. Yep. Are you a math teacher? And if so, how mad are you at me for that? I am not a math teacher. I don't have a specialty. I, I, I don't even have a college degree. I, I just sub. So cool. uh, I was a I was like a extreme math weirdo in school. But no, I don't have any issue with anybody saying that math sucks because the higher you get, especially, it sucks. Yeah, my, my mom uh, told me she stopped being able to help me with my high school math when it had more letters than numbers. She's like, I don't know, this is this is lost on me now. That's how my dad is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I actually feel for Walker. I did uh, substitute teaching uh, for about five years. So I, I know the ups and downs and, you know, of all those things coming into a classroom for the first time. And yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, it sounds pretty wild. Yeah. So, all right, guys, let's get into the news for uh, this week. So we've got a few things on the docket. It's a lot of there's not a lot going on right now. Specifically, there's a lot of rumor and innuendo. Uh, The uh, first thing, it's the big news article that dropped this week. It's Russell Wilson. So depending. I don't want to talk about this. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Russell Wilson again, dude. (laughs) As a guy who has, who listens to AM radio, sports radio in the Seattle area, I definitely have heard enough. But we got we got we can do a fresh take. Okay, let's let's spend a few minutes and then I'll propose a moratorium. How about I'm gonna that? put this on mute. Okay, we'll we'll propose a moratorium. So Walker, last year we we proposed a moratorium on um, Antonio Brown news until he actually signed with the team. We might be doing that with Russell Wilson and uh, Deshaun Watson with all traded. this. Yeah, yeah, until until something actually happens. But I feel like we got to cover this as a 49ers fan so that I can uh, just bask in the glow of 
Uh, Adam Schefter coming out saying that Russell Wilson doesn't want out, but he has picked chosen teams where he wants to go to. Um, if if by chance he's out, um, it's the Saints, which good luck on the cap, Bears, Cowboys, Ooh. and the Raiders. Um, ah, I'm in the mix. Seriously, yeah. that's not going to happen. There is no truck big enough for the Raiders to fill with money and back down Russell Wilson's driveway. That's true. I was, And also, I was wondering, what are you guys going to trade them? Derek Carr? And some some firsts. Do you guys have firsts? I don't know, man. I don't look at the rate. I don't know. Man. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, and two firsts. There you go. That'll work. How about that, Evan? Derek Carr, Ruggs, and a couple firsts for Russell Wilson? Sure. So this is my theory, because Russell Wilson was at the Super Bowl, and I heard this on the Around the NFL podcast, and I'm, I'm sucking it up. Brady was 37 when he beat Russell Wilson at the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson just watched him win another Super Bowl. Russell Wilson has not been back, and Tom Brady has been back four times. Russell Wilson gets sacked too much. Russell Wilson is tired of Pete Carroll's rah-rah attitude that Richard Sherman says wears thin after four to five years. I, I think he's just being fussy. I think he's a Seahawk. He's, he's too much of a company man. Um, I, think he's, I think he's being passionate. I don't think he ends up anywhere. I think he stays a Seahawk, but I just wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Do you think he stays a – he can't really get traded in 2021. He gets like a $56 million cap hit. But in 2022 maybe, Mike, do you think he's he sticks with the Seahawks or is he going somewhere else? No, he's he's going to be a Seahawk next year. The man's just complaining. He's he, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't blame him uh, to a fault where, you know, if I was hitting the deck every single other play, yeah, I'd get pretty tired of it, especially after what? eight, nine years in league or whatever it's been for him. Nine so years, yeah. I, I absolutely feel for him. I mean, he's he's he rides this team on his shoulders every single season. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I give him room, you know, some room to complain, but he is not going anywhere. Yeah, Walker, what do you think? I mean, I agree to a point. I'm not sure that he's 100% that company man or whatever, but I think that... I think that it's most likely that nothing happens and he stays a Seahawk. I, I I think he's just pushing for either more say in front office decisions or Carroll to be fired. He wants like one of those two things. Um, really, I just I I'm I'm already sick and tired of Bears fans being happy on Twitter. Like just <laughs> I, I I need I need him to not be a Bear because I can't. I, I cannot bear to no pun intended. I, I can't I, I can't deal with it for a whole year of them gloating. I can't do it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh Waleed is a Bears fan, so uh it'll oh. be a <laughs> so yeah, the, I, I wanted to make sure you were on the podcast before I told you so you didn't bail out. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a Bears fan, but as I like to say to Seahawks fans when I come across them, look, it's okay. Nobody's perfect. Not everybody was raised right. So um Evan, what do you think? You you said you're knee deep in uh Seattle sports talk. If I have to hear one more radio guy cry their butt off about yesterday some guy was going off like they forgot about the fans. It's all about the fans. Russell Wilson makes the fans go to the games. And I'm like, dude, people get traded. It is a concept that exists. Okay, man? Like, don't get mad at the concept of trading. And, uh, yeah. They're, they're kind of, everyone in Seattle is kind of talking like it's a done deal. But I think that might be just for ratings. I mean, can, can I jump in as a fan yeah. of a team whose, like, longtime franchise guy just got traded? 
Yeah, that's a good perspective. Uh, it sucks. Like, I mean, I I Matt Stafford is by far my favorite football player ever. Like, he might be my favorite athlete ever. I absolutely love that guy. Um, and it's gonna be really hard for me as a fan to watch him play for a different team. But that doesn't matter. Like, it's my opinion doesn't and should not matter to my favorite team. Like, it shouldn't. I, I shouldn't have any say at all. I'm just a dude who likes the team. Uh, and, yeah, it's unfortunate that my favorite guy isn't a Lion anymore. But I got other favorite guys. I still love the Lions, you know, and I still love Matt Stafford. I'm still going to root for him even though he's not on my team. That's the cool thing about being a fan is that not only can you root for your team, but you find guys who you're like, I really like that guy. Like, I root for Hayden Hurst now because of his mental health initiative. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's – you can root for dudes even though they're not on your team. So, like, any Seattle fan that's like, man, I really love Russell Wilson, and if he's gone, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it will, but also just keep rooting for Russell Wilson, but also keep rooting for the Seahawks, and then you'll be okay. Yeah, it's – um. Uh, it, it's exactly that. And the Seahawks already saw one of the faces of their franchise leave. The uh, Richard Sherman got cut. Yep. He was recovering from his Achilles injury. He got, he, that was their worst case scenario for him to get cut, end up with the 49ers and make the all pro team, you know, and they survived to your point, Walker. Those people are still Seahawks fans. And there was, there was a lot of Seahawks fans who were like, I hate the colors that he's in, but I'll always be rooting for Richard Sherman. And that's kind of, you know, that's how I feel about, you know, there's not a lot of 49ers that move on to other teams, but Mike DeForest Buckner, I, I'm yeah. still rooting for DeForest. That's a reason for me to root for the Colts. So even or, if- or like Peyton Manning, who, you know, um, went to Denver and, yeah. you know, luckily we got the first round pick and Andrew Luck came on board. So there's always going to be superstars that move wherever. And we're always going to be, if you're a fan of them, you should remain a fan regardless of where they were. I mean, I was ecstatic when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, I, I think, I think people, as Evan was saying, people move on and, you know, you still remain a fan of the team if you're a true fan. And, uh, as Walker is saying, you, you still remain fans of the people that, you know, that you rooted for when you're, they were on your team that you cheered for. That's right. That people leave the Raiders. They're dead to me. So I guess I'm not a true fan (laughs) of the Raiders and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'll still be rooting for Dante Pettis to be the Giants wide receiver one next year. <laughs> there you go. It's all about Pettis, baby. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the Houston Texans. Um, we couple have guys. To? Yeah, just a brief moment. Um, I, I want to, we'll just touch on it because I'm going to talk about uh, David Culley later. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'll talk more about it then. But they cut Duke Johnson today, they released Nick Martin. Um, who might be bad. The consensus is he might be bad. Uh, bad pro football focus grade, but drafted he's not, highly. He's not that bad. Yeah, he's okay. A lot right. of Texans fans were like, if you say that he's bad uh, or if he's good, you don't know anything because he uh, messed up the snap. And I'm like, okay, I I, I, I don't know enough. I don't care. Was but, that the snap against the Colts where yeah. they pumped the ball to yep. two? That's the one. 
So so one bad play apparently makes him uh, uh, worse. A bad player. <laughs> a bad player. And um, they also announced they wouldn't be tagging Will Fuller. Um, so this all ties into the Sean Watson drama. He met with David Coley, and he said he's not interested in playing for David Coley. Uh, Dove Kleiman uh, says Watson is willing to miss preseason and regular season games and occur up to $3 million in fines, and he does not care. Uh, earlier this week, he tweeted, quote, loyalty is everything, don't you uh all caps ever forget it so uh i'm gonna ask you guys a question and then i'm 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 gonna put a proposal on a moratorium for both these guys up is deshaun watson a texan in 2021 walker you're the new guy you have to answer that question and we will hold the entire football world to this answer no he i i can't imagine a way the texans will eventually they'll, they'll eventually realize that he will not play for them. He will sit out the whole season, and they're better off starting the rebuild now than putting it off a whole year. I I fully agree with that. I think that the cutting Duke Johnson, the releasing of Nick Martin, and uh, the what will be trading Deshaun Watson, I think that's front loading all their pain into 2020. I think all their cap pain, they're gonna they're gonna bite the bullet this year. They got a good guy, rah rah guy, to run the ship this year. And um, I think that uh, starting in 2021, they'll actually start, or I'm sorry, in 2022, they'll actually start building things. Uh, Evan, what do you think? Deshaun Watson, a Texan this year? Uh, what did I say last time? I want to be consistent with my pander. No. Uh, sure. Why sure. not? All right, sure. Mike. Tex- well, yeah, sure. Mike, what do you think? You know, I said last week that he was going to remain a Texan. Uh, it's taken one exact week for me to change my mind. There I, it is. That's what I was looking for. I, I, no, he is gone. They're just blowing this thing up. Uh, Deshaun Watson does not want to be part of any of the fragments that they're blowing up. And he is saying, you know what? Even if it takes me sitting down and not even participating, I will not play for this team anymore. And so they're forced. Their hands are forced and they're going to get rid of them. Okay. Uh, so that's three to one that he's going to be gone. I say he's going to be, I think it would be the most fun if he's a cowboy. So I say he'll, he'll go be a cowboy. So Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's not under contract. He can go. No, I know. So that's basically wondering what, what basically my short question was, what do you think that, what are they going to do with Dak Prescott? They just release him. He's not traded. He's a free agent. Well, I, I know, but sign so him again just and trade him for Watson. Sign and trade. All right, Walker, what do you think? Where, uh, where's Watson going to go? Denver. Denver. See, I think that's where um, I have I have a very Denvery feels for Trey Lance in the draft. Oh, I've watched four guys. I said I've watched three, but I I it I have Denvery feels for him. I um, have Carolina e feels for Lance. Ah, that would work too. But yeah, um, so. Watson to Denver. That would be. They have a lot of wide receivers. They could trade one of those guys plus some firsts. Also, and also, I think that if in, in the scenario that Watson were to become a Cowboy, I think that then it basically, if Dallas decides they're gonna say screw you, Dak, I think he immediately signs in Washington. Ooh, I would love that. So for the most fun drama, Watson to the Cowboys. Dak to Washington, Russell Wilson to the 49ers. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Just How come on. Let, we get let, there? let me have it. Let me have it, boys. 
All right. So um, I want to say something to David Johnson specifically because you know he okay. listens. Yeah, sure he does. Just when I thought I was out, you pull me back in. Pull you back in. And yeah. then he was Actually, top- you know, just cut their center, and I find it a very confusing move. So I'm not in on David Johnson until I watch some tape and see how the draft goes. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they do to fix the line. Maybe they'll 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 use. Oh, they don't have picks. That's the problem. They don't pick till the third round. They'll just move. <laughs> they'll just move Zach Fulton over to center. There you go. See. Um. So we'll see how everything develops. So, uh, proposal moratorium on Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson talk until they are both um traded. I vote go for it. I vote we do it. No more talk till they're actually traded. I vote yes. I vote yes on Watson, but I don't think I can vote that on Wilson yet because there might still be some juicy goss. Ooh, okay, so we'll we'll hold off on hot Russ. Goss. Nice. Juicy for hot goss. Mike, what do you think? Will uh Watson out? No, I, I, I think I think they're both open unless I mean I don't I don't think we need to revisit this unless there's actually some concrete juicy gossip that is really like heated up. But if this is just Mike, normal it's talk, it's called hot goss. Please respect the term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Moist. Moist goss. <laughs> moist. Moist goss. Wow. Uh, I guess we are going to get the, the... An explicit tag. tag. <laughs> <laughs> this content, oh. not for minors. <laughs> so, yeah, until, you know, let's add in. Yeah, pass. Pass. Okay, so we'll, we'll put a soft... We'll, we'll put a soft... Soft, soft lock. A soft lock on these guys. If something material happens, we'll do it. But this whole like uh, rumor and innuendo won't um, won't rise to the level of us worrying about it. So uh, other news, uh, Tua is back up. I saw this on whatever they're calling Roto World these days, NBC Sports Edge, which is weird. Um, his light likely backup for 2021 is going to be Brian Hoyer and Fitz wants to go elsewhere. The good news I think for this, and we don't have to analyze this. I just think the good news is we know that Tua is not going to get benched halfway through the game again. If your alternative is Brian Hoyer. Uh, but while, you know, I've Mike, Evan and I have tread and retread all these opinions on these players, but Walker, what's your opinion on Tua uh, after his first year? Oh boy. Uh, I would say that I probably overrated Tua a little bit in the draft, but I also think that it's... I saw somebody say that it's going to be an adjustment for him just because he he has to learn to throw with more anticipation because his receivers aren't constantly just getting open immediately. Yeah. Which I, I think Tua has the ability to be a, at least a decent starting NFL quarterback, but... He certainly wasn't good his rookie season, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to give up on him already. But Burrow and Herbert both looked real good when they played, and Tua didn't. So you know, right now he's clearly number three of those three guys. Uh, I, I think with better weapons, with a little bit better offensive line, you know, maybe they draft Panay Sewell to protect Tua's blind side. Uh, you know, something like that. But I, I think that he can and will get better. But his ceiling, to me, probably now is more like a Baker Mayfield type rather than a like a top five quarterback. 
Yeah, I like that Baker Mayfield comp. That's a pretty good one in terms of the 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 sum running and and all the stuff that goes along with that. So um so yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion on Tua. Mike is you're kind of in the same boat as Walker on Tua, right? I, yeah, I, I think that definitely that you could see the DNA, the talent is there. It's just whether that's going to translate. And right now it's not translating. So until it does, if it does, then you're looking at, you know, someone who's going to be a QB 15 to 20 in your fantasy leagues. Yeah. So there you go. And that's with him, you know, running a little bit, which uh, boosts marginal guys up the rank. So I, I, t- I agree with both you guys, Evan, you don't get to chime in. Nothing for Evan. Nothing for Evan. All right. uh, No news yet on franchise tags, which opened up this week. Uh, Names to watch that are fancy relevant. Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, potentially. Walker, is that – I saw that. Does that sound right from a a Lions fan perspective? Does – what's that? Potentially tagging Kenny Galladay. Uh, I think that that is probably the most likely eventuality. That's what I thought, yeah. Um, and then other ones, uh, a Rob, Aaron Jones, the Colts. Uh, no, these are potential franchise tags. No, uh, I know, but there's talk. <laughs> there is talk oh, out there, there talk. that a Rob is going to go to the Colts. Oh, okay. And then I heard Aaron Jones potentially to make one last run with this iteration of the Packers and then Dak, he's unlikely to get tagged because he'll be like $34 million against the cap. Um, why just would, to- why would Allen Robinson go from Mitch Trubisky to slightly better Mitch Trubisky. Ooh. Let me know. Let me know when Mitch Trubisky is on talk for MVP. Yes, 2017 Carson Wentz is going to uh, be did, 2021 Carson uh, Wentz. Mike, didn't Mitch Trubisky win the MVP on the Nickelodeon feed <laughs> in the playoffs? Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, so he, because because he a bunch of Barstool guys hacked the vote. <laughs> hey, he still won, which yeah. is more than uh, Carson Wentz won. So, t- so uh, I do appreciate that uh, for Mitch Trubisky to slightly better. Mitch, or did you say slightly worse or slightly better? No, no, Wentz is better than Trubisky. He's not that much better, but he's better. What? <laughs> Mike, Mike, I, no. take your time. Take <laughs> your time. Breathe. It's okay, buddy. All right. Um, so let's. Uh, Let's go ahead. Let's move on to the coaching changes. Um, I was just double checking to see if any breaking news came across the Twitter sphere. Not seeing it. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the coaching changes. So like I said off the top, seven teams got new head coaches this year. Eagles, Jets, Jags, Lions, Falcons, Texans, and Chargers. So what we did is we divvied those guys up. And... Um, we uh, each took some teams. Walker, you only have to do one because when we're done with this, uh, you're going to give us the top five and the sleepers. We're going to move that to the back because I'm a bad producer. All right. <laughs> I missed it on the dock. So um, we'll start with uh, we lucked out here because uh, Mike is a Colts fan, so he can speak on Nick Sirianni. I'm a 49ers fan, so I can speak on Sala. Evan is an Ohio State, Ohio State fan, so he can speak on Urban Meyer yeah. and – Walker, <laughs> you're just surrounded, Walker, aren't you? Yeah, yeah it's going great. <laughs> hey, how about that basketball game uh, last night that Michigan State won? Good for them. That's cool. I have no allegiance to Ohio State uh, basketball. All right, well. Yeah, it was my, da- my dad went to Ohio State and my father-in-law went to Michigan. They did not speak. <laughs> Oof, rough. That's rough stuff. 
Oh, boy. All right. So first one up, we will start with Mike and the Philadelphia Eagles. So they ousted Doug Peterson. They didn't have a real offensive coordinator. It was kind of a mess where different guys were doing different things, but Doug Peterson was in charge of the offense. In for them is Nick Sirianni from the Colts and Shane Steichen, who's good. From everything I've seen, he's going to be sort of like a puppet offensive coordinator. He's not really going to do it. It's going to be Nick Sirianni's offense. So, Mike, what can we what what do you think we can expect for these Eagles players in 2021 with this new coaching staff? So, yeah, a little little history on Sirianni. He uh, entered the NFL in 2009 as a Chiefs offense quality control coach, but you know served as a QBs wide receiver uh, coach as well, and then moved on to San Diego where he met up with Frank Reich and, um, you know, as, so basically that's how Frank Reich and Sirianni came together. And then of course, when Frank Reich became Indianapolis coach, he brought Sirianni over. What Sirianni likes to do is use a 12 personnel grouping, um, with multiple tight ends, as we saw with Jack Doyle and Allie Cox and Trey Burton, and also dynamic running backs, um, which should speak well for Miles Sanders. The 12 personnel grouping should fit right in with the Eagles offense. Uh, they were pretty much a predominantly uh, 12 personnel grouping over the last three years, ranking first overall in that, in that grouping for uh, the last two seasons. And um, what Sirianni basically likes to do is use short passes, drive sticks, screens, flats, uh, and allow his playmakers to get yards after the catch. So look for Jalen Rieger to have a better year. Look for Miles Sanders to have a better year. And overall, this offense should work a lot better. They were 29th. The Eagles were 29th in yards after the catch last year. But with the Colts uh, serving under Sirianni, they were fourth. So, I, you know, I don't think the Eagles are going to go from 29th to fourth. But they should be a lot better as far as yards after the catch going. Um, Sanders, he's, as we know, he's a talented, uh, running back and going to be, um, used a lot in the slot, I think, because Sirianni likes to use his running backs in the slot. So expect a lot more receptions out of Sanders than he had last year. Uh, hopefully he can catch the ball because a lot of, a lot of the, he was targeted, but either they were like really bad passes, um, or he dropped them. But I think that there's going to be a change. He's too good of a receiver to, to let last year's uh, situation bother him. And as a draft, as we're looking at the draft, I think they're going to go early at wide receiver as sort of been talked about someone like Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, or they may trade down and get someone like Rashad Bateman, who's a great yak monster. So I'm, I'm thinking as far as the draft, look for um, one of those three guys to, to go to the Eagles. Yeah, and one thing I forgot to mention, I forgot to put in the notes, they did a bloodletting this week. They cut, oh no, it happened last week. Deshaun Watson, or Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson, and uh, Alshon Jeffrey gone. So yeah, Mike, I, I do I do also think they're probably going to go wide receiver there, or, you know, we'll see. But I think a, a wide receiver, um, it would be smart for them, considering it's uh, uh, their number two receiver is who? Fulgham? J.J. Arthago-Whiteside? Greg Ward. Greg Ward, converted uh, quarterback? Quez um, so, Watkins. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun um, wide receiver room. We'll just they're gonna take they're gonna take Kyle Pitts. Oh, 
I that's like actually, that. That's actually, that actually another option. Really well. Yeah, that works really well because they don't uh, throw to their wide receivers or they I, haven't. I, I think that they're going to run a lot of 12. I think they, they draft pits. They run a ton of 12 with pits and Goddard, and then they split pits out wide uh, as the wide receiver, too, along with Rager when they go to uh, like a spread scenario. Oh, look at that. That's a that's a beautiful that's a beautiful uh, solution for everybody involved. And it that, also might- that's what Sirianni likes to do. I think I think uh, Walker nailed it is he, he likes to put that tight end um, out out wide. And with those with that situation, that makes a ton of sense. OK, so before we move on to the next team, uh, move on to the Jets, which I'll be talking about, Mike, I do have a question for you. So Sirianni going from the Colts to the Eagles. How many inexplicable goal line jet sweeps is Dallas Goddard going to get? Because Trey Burton <laughs> got way too many of those last year. Burton Burton was eating those up. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we're going to see some Philly Philly. It's uh, goal goal line uh, sweeps and yeah, um, a lot of wildcat formations, especially as as they get near the goal line, because um, whoever the backup quarterback might get some action as well. But real question, what do you think this does for Jalen Hurts? Actual question, not not the that wasn't my actual question. That was. I think I think um, Jalen Hurts because as we've talked about has that moderate to weaker arm. It's going to do a lot a lot of good because what's going to end up happening is they're going to short they're going to throw these short passes short rain passes. You know if you're looking at the route tree, a lot of them are going to come within five yards. So the playmakers are going to be doing the most of the work for Jalen Hurts, uh, and there it's he's going to look he's going to look good because of it. So. It's almost like a Joe Montana situation with the West Coast offense where Joe Montana would throw a five-yard slant to Jerry Rice, and Jerry Rice would take it for 65, 50, you know, 70 yards. So look for that kind of situation where they're going to dump it off to the playmaker, and that playmaker is going to do the work. All right. You heard it for your first. Jalen Hurts is Joe Montana, according to go. Mike Valentini. Yep. <laughs> Heard it here first. So, um, all right, we'll go ahead. We'll move on to the Jets. That's my team. Uh, Out is famously uh, hung on way too long Adam Gase, who Adam Gase them out of the first pick. Um, Dowell Loggins was their offensive coordinator. In is Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator, who was uh, with um, Kyle Shanahan uh, the entire time Shanahan was there. Uh, Michael LaFleur is going to be the offensive coordinator. Since we're talking fantasy, I'm going to talk a little bit more about LaFleur than Sala. Because um, Sala, he's he's turned chicken, going to evade the sensors into uh, chicken salad. And so I think with the Jets' defensive side of the ball, we're going to see a lot of upgrades real soon just from a, a, a scheming and coaching perspective from Sala. And also because uh, if you've seen Robert Sala on the sidelines, I would be scared to let him down. So I think there's a certain intimidation factor there from Sala. Um, he, it wouldn't surprise me if a guy failed to, uh, you know, uh, get a quarterback hurry or anything and Sala just suited up and was like, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll rush the passer if that's what you need me to do. Um, but I'll, let me talk about his, uh, um, his uh, new offensive coordinator. Uh, I always get Matt and Matt and Mike LaFleur and I have one of each of my notes. I get them back. Okay. Lef- Matt LaFleur is the Packers. Mike LaFleur is the Jets. Got it. Okay. So Mike LaFleur has been with Kyle Shanahan um, since 2014. He followed him from Cleveland to Atlanta to San Francisco, uh, where he went from an offensive intern to an offensive assistant to the passing game coordinator 
for Kyle Shanahan's uh, 49ers, who have had, we'll just say, uh, marginal talent at the position. Uh, we're not gonna we're not going to uh, deep dive into that. Um, but I don't see this this uh, this Lafleur situation as like a Zach Taylor or Brandon Staley, who were they they shared a room with Sean McVay, so they got considered for head coaching positions. He's been around Shanahan for a long time, like I said, uh, since 2014. So I'm expecting this offense to be Shanahan light, sort of like um, a lot of running backs, a lot of misdirection, uh, need big, beefy yak guys like Debo, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, kind of like what Shanahan's built, like the new Shanahan system in, in San Francisco. But here's my problem. Is Sam Darnold going to be on the team? Who knows? Is Samaj P. Ryan? Who knows? Ty Johnson, Jamal Adams. This is your running back room. Uh, Rashad Perriman's a free agent. Jamison Crowder, they're talking, might get cut. Their tight end is Chris Herndon. I don't know who this affects other than Denzel Mims right now, who I think has a great chance of doing really well because of the way that the if, if LaFleur brings over the Shanahan system, it's built to get people yak. And Denzel Mims is pretty good at that. So I think that, you know, he had a disappointing rookie year. He got a lot of Injuries. He dealt with a handful of injuries uh, when he played. He was getting eight, nine targets a game uh, was Denzel Mim. So I think he is going to take a big step forward. But I don't know how to apply this to the rest of the team because I don't know who's going to be there. Um, so I expect a lot of yak. I do expect the running back situation to be a nightmare. Um, how many guys do you think led the 49ers in touches in running back touches in a particular game last year? Five. It was five. It was five. It was Mostert, Coleman, Wilson, Hasty, and McKinnon. So without a solid number one running back there, it's going to be that kind of situation, I think, with the Jets. They could go out and get Aaron Jones or something, and that would solve that problem. Maybe, I, I don't know, he's a free agent. Have you guys heard of this Le'Veon Bell fella? I think he would be pretty good in New York. That's a lie, he's bad. That, yeah, I was going to say, um, <laughs> that, that's a nightmare situation. <laughs> yeah, so... In the draft, though, I expect them to – I think what they're going to do is they're going to potentially find a QB needy team at two, see if they can work something out there to move back a few few picks and then move back up. Because I think knowing Sala, knowing Mike LaFleur, I think they would rather – even though I think Fields is a better player, I think they would rather have Zach Wilson. Because I watched Zach Wilson this week. He looks like what 49ers fans wish Jimmy Garoppolo was. Jimmy Garoppolo is a statue. Zach Wilson's athletic, um, <clears throat> but he's got all a lot of the same like quick. Re- where are my notes? He's got a lot of the same release. When I was watching Zach Wilson, I was like, "Oh, this is like if Jimmy Garoppolo was good. This is what 49ers fan called good Jimmy with a hit of athleticism." So I think that they're going to go after. I think they're going to want Zach Wilson, whether they get him or not, is a different question. Um, if not, if they can't get a trade down, I think they'll. I mean, I saw a lot of mock drafts where they pulled the trigger on Wilson. There's a lot of people getting iffy on Justin Fields right now. Um, not 100% certain why, um, but I think that they're going to end up with Zach Wilson on the roster, whether they trade down a couple a couple spots to let a QB another QB needy team get um, Fields, or if they just pull the trigger at Wilson at two. I think that that's who they're going to end up with um, on the Jets. All right. I, it, it's hard. It's it's hard to follow up on the Jets because we don't know who <laughs> we don't know who's going to be on this team this time next year. I'll tell you who's not going to be on the team. Adam Gase. So they're going to be better. They're going to be better. Yeah, we, we do also have to just factor in the inherent um, Adam leaving Adam Gase factor. 
that we saw for half a season from Kenyon Drake. We've seen it from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we saw it for a season from Defonte Parker. So uh, just not having Adam Gase should help the whole team take a step forward in uh, 2021. So that's yeah. my take on the that's my take on the Jets. Anybody? I mean, Walker, what do you think about this Fields versus Wilson thing for the Jets? I mean, I agree that they're going to prefer Wilson. Uh, I like Fields better. I think Fields is very good. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think that Wilson is going to be higher on most NFL teams' boards. Yeah, I, I uh, we're on the same page there with Fields. I think Fields is really good. I, I said last week to the guys, I said uh, – the, the gap between Lawrence and Fields is a lot smaller than people want to say. Like, yes. Lawrence should should go number one, but the gap is not as big as people are acting like. So, um, so yeah, I, I, yeah I, I was looking today trying to find something to support my uh, Zach Wilson of the Jets, make sure I wasn't going insane, and I found a lot of mock drafts. I try to not look at mock drafts before I make an opinion, and I found a lot of them that said it. So my, my good take suddenly was the same as everybody else's. Nice. <laughs> so all right let's go ahead evan you want your your task was to talk about the jacksonville jaguars out is doug marone and john de filippo who was the offensive coordinator in is urban meyer who coached uh ohio state until 2018 has been just chilling 2019 2020 hanging out with his family got tired of him he also bought brought in daryl bevel as his offensive coordinator. So Evan, as an Ohio state fan, what do you think we should expect from uh, an urban Meyer led team? Yeah, I had a whole intro written out, but I don't think I can do better than the intro from, I guess it's a Saturday tradition.com article about a TMZ article, which I guess is a thing you can do now. Uh, urban Meyer's name is associated with plenty of great quarterbacks. The former college head coach has developed players like Alex Smith, Okay, I'll give him that one. Tim Tebow, eh, I guess you're talking about the Heisman. JT Barrett, oh yeah, buddy. NFL team, and Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you just damned him with praise, didn't you? There, wow, that's kind of that's a big concern because he's going to have to manage Trevor Lawrence and, um, and in his years with Florida and his years with Ohio State, uh, he runs a spread offense. He he loves a spread offense, and while plays. He made up, have been incorporated into the NFL. We all know it's really difficult to run a spread offense in the NFL, and Trevor Lawrence did not do uh, spread offense in Clemson. So the deck seems a little stacked against him. Uh, but everyone seems really – what struck me is how much people seem to want to believe in him. Uh, none of these articles note are from Jacksonville outlets. That was my key. Uh, it said – well, first of all, let's, let's all agree. I think Meyer picked a great year to take off. Of all the years to check out for here, you yeah. picked the white one. Nice job. Uh, uh, but then when he signed, there's an article from oh I don't have the I don't have the I think it's a CBS.com article. No, it's an ESPN article. I want to I want to give credit. Uh, he studied roster management, cap and salary cap, and more. Then Meyer conducted 20 to 25 interviews with former players and coaches, asking how different things worked. When he learned what he learned made it clear to Meyer that he could re-enter the coaching world in a capacity that would better utilize his skills, which made him 187 32 as a college head coach. And they present that as, as like it's amazing, but it's like, yeah, he did some research. That's what <laughs> everybody does research before a career shift. Come on, man. That like, sounds like that sounds like <laughs> the reports that Mike McCarthy locked himself in his office doing analytics for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> it sounds a lot a lot like fluff. 
so that people There's would be like, it, it, and these are, none of these again are Jacksonville rags. They're all like just uh, that one from ESPN. I had the Ohio State Saturday tradition one earlier. It's well, I guess Ohio State wants to believe in them, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't include that one. But it, the, that paragraph was so good, uh, and and. Not only that, but we said it here time and time again, Ohio State is known for not being able to make quarterbacks that transition to the NFL level. Uh, there's never been one. That Now, that's not to say that it's Urban Meyer's fault. There is plenty of room for him to be successful. But so far, it's not looking like the, be- the best fit between him and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the good news is Tree Law. That's what I call Trevor Lawrence. That's my own nickname for him. Tree Law. Tree Law. Yeah, he's not from. Yeah, spread around. I want. I want to make catch on. Uh, is that a is that a uh, a subset of Bird Law? Is it re- yeah. closely related? Yeah, yeah, there's a comic strip about Tree Law where a bunch of lawyers just run out and start throwing money in the air because Tree Law apparently is surprisingly lucrative. Uh, and he's not from OSU, so this also might not be a bad fit. And it's it's interesting if we just. You never know. You know, Pete Carroll made the transition to NFL head coach pretty well, although it seems to be falling apart up there, but it's been, you know, 10 years. Uh, but Chip Kelly never really can make the uh, the, the, the transition. What's the difference? Is it, is it attitude? Because Meyer's attitude is like in the middle between stodgy Pete Carroll and cocky Chip Kelly. So that's it's going to be interesting. I would, If I had to bet, I would definitely bet that it's not going to work out. Okay. First of all, Chip Kelly was a great 49ers coach. He led us to a 2 and 14 record and <laughs> and got Colin Kaepernick murdered by the coward um God, what was his name? There Richard was a Sherman. No, there was a <laughs> Dolphins player who got who's Cuban, Kiko Alonso. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a game-winning play that um, I don't know if I can't remember if it broke down or is a designed run for Colin Kaepernick that if he'd made the touchdown, the Niners would have won the game. But he got absolutely obliterated by Kiko Alonso because Colin Kaepernick wore a shirt about Castro and it made him real mad, made him big mad. So uh, so please don't besmirch Chip Kelly like that. So, Evan, there's one guy on the Jaguars I want to know about, and it's LaVisca Chenault. He's 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 my pet player. Uh, I like him a lot. Do you think that uh, Urban Meyer will? Because I don't watch college football, so I honestly don't know how much his he will be able to utilize the Lavisca Chenault's kind of like Swiss Army knife skill set. That is more up Meyer's alley. Oh, phrasing. Um, he uh, he can he can work. He can Myers loves to design plays. He loves to make his own plays. That's what he's was known for at Florida and Ohio State. And with a Swiss Army knife player, that's exactly what you can do. You have a lot of tools at your disposal. I like Urban Myers' fit for LaVisca Chenault. I'm sure he'll be designing plays for LaVisca Chenault. And if he does incorporate a spread offense, I don't know if he will or not, that will benefit Chenault's play style as well. Perfect. So what I'm hearing is that I can get way too over my skis about LaVisca Chenault again. I never year. I never really thought about the Meyer-Chenault connection until now. And yeah, I'm liking it. Meyer-Chenault sounds like it should be uh, some sort of like quantum th- entanglement theory. It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's the cousins to the Myers-Briggs test. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, boy. So anybody else have questions about the Jags for Evan? Uh, do you think DJ Chark is going to be better this year? Now, DJ Chark, that's someone where it's a big question mark. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is good enough that DJ Chark will be better. Uh, I think DJ Chark just had a sophomore 
slump. I have to make sure he's a sophomore because one. No, he's a third year. Remember? We, yeah. yeah. No, he I, only I, had I, 30 I, targets. Yeah. I meant last year. It seemed like a little bit of a slump, uh, and that happened. So sure, uh, I would not pay more than one dollar for him at an auction. Uh, uh, that's for sure. But uh, there's a chance. You know, there's so much new stuff going in to the Jacksonville Jaguars that who knows what's going to come out. True. And and Walker, you're new to the show. I throw a dollar at him in auction is one of the highest praises that Evan can give a player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Evan's uh, barbecue strategy, but if you're going to talk auction with him, you almost have to look at it a lens through that because you're like, wait, why do you have all these guys as zero dollar players? And Evan would be like, well, I don't want them on my team, so they're zero dollars. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, throwing a dollar at him is huge praise from Evan. So Besides all right, there. yeah, Mike. Any questions for Evan about Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jaguars. How's he gonna fit? How's James Robinson gonna fit with that offense, or do you think they'll be looking for a running back? James Robinson is too good for them to look elsewhere. Uh, let me think. I'm, I'm thinking back to the tape I watched of Robinson. Robinson is not. He's. With the spread offense, you want a uh, running back obviously that can move east-west as well as north-south. You want a, a guy who can go out and do plays, and Robinson can do that. So, and I forget, can Robinson catch balls? I don't remember him I'm getting a to, lot of targets. I'm playing plays Dude, Robinson, in my head. No, Robinson's a good, good, pretty good. Uh, I would say probably like a B minus receiver out in the backfield. That's good enough for Urban Meyer to want to use him. So yeah, I think I think it's fine. Now yeah. is Robinson going to go in the first round? Mm, there's there's a possibility. There's a great possibility. I don't know about if that's if it's safe enough. If he's safe enough for that. Yeah, this is this is my take on the James Robinson thing. It's you have a new administration, you have all new coaching staff, you have all new everything, and they have a lot of holes to fill across the team. Why would replacing your young, cheap, and productive running back be one of the top? 25 things that you have on your to-do list why would that be there it just doesn't make sense to me so i think that james robinson's going to be back and i think they're going to use him a whole bunch i think that you know top top 12 running back uh, again isn't is in the cards i think for james robinson you remember last year it's so it's so amazing how many first round potentials there are this year you remember last year when there weren't many and we're like i don't know i guess that guy who runs for cincinnati Maybe. Joe we Mixon? Make, we had to work. Yeah, we Walker like, loves Joe Mixon. No. <laughs> we, had to, uh, we had to like really work to find it. But this year, I'm getting excited for, for rankings. It's going to be a fun debate. Whereas last year, it was a painful debate. This year, it'll be a fun debate. Like, who's in and who's out? Yeah, last, this year, I can't. Fit, I feel like there's like 15 guys at wider, or running back that I want in my top 10. Last year, it was like eight guys. And then you're like... <sighs> Uh, uh, Josh Jacobs, I guess. You know, it's 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 like I, here's my top ten because there's ten players here, not because I'm excited about these guys. But I agree, Evan. It's probably going to require a shift, and I love this because it's easy clicks. It's probably going to require a shift to barbecue strategy's overall main point, which is pick five to fifteen guys you really will absolutely want and get two of them. I might have to expand that or change the bu- budgets based on. What's going on? There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of data to collect. I, I wish I could start mocking today, man. The, the day after the auction, I'm just gonna be fiending for mocking auctions. The day after the draft, I mean. No, yeah. I knew what you meant. It's because draft and auction are, are uh, the same to you. 
Yes, they really are. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Walker, you're up now. Your Detroit Lions. Um, they got rid, mercifully got rid of Matt Patricia. In is Dan Campbell, who was the interim head coach for Miami back in 2015. In 2020, he was the tight end coach for New Orleans. And they got Anthony Lynn from the Chargers as offensive coordinator. So I think that that's um, I think that's kind of a spicy thing. Um, but what uh, what can we expect out of these Detroit Lions for 2021 with their new uh, new coach? Uh, I mean, the, they should look better. Um the team especially will look better on the defensive end, but uh, that's not really important for fantasy. So, uh, I mean, Anthony Lynn comes from the Chargers where he loved to throw the ball to his running backs. Dan Campbell comes from New Orleans where they love to throw the ball to their running backs. I have absolutely no doubts that DeAndre Swift is going to be a beast the upcoming, mm-hmm. in this upcoming season. Um, he he's going to be super good. Uh, they they have already said they want to use him as a three down back. They want to get him in the slot, matched up against linebackers. Everything that their both of their philosophies, Campbell and Lynn, both of them um, have a history of doing that with their running backs. So I, I, I all signs point up for DeAndre Swift. Um, otherwise, the the wide receiver room, I have no idea because. As you said in DMs to me today, uh, currently our number one receiver is Quintez Cephas. Yes. Uh, not good. <laughs> so, no, slow. I um, I saw somebody call, I, I think I told you, I saw somebody call him Quintez Ephus, Yep. which is the very slow baseball pitch for people who don't know, and I could never take, I can't take him seriously anymore. That's all I can see is just Quintez Ephus because he's not, not good. He's not, well, he's not outright bad. But he's not good either. He's just a dude. Yeah. Uh, he's like he's like on my Niners, Kendrick Bourne. He's not bad. No, Bourne's Bourne. better than Cephas. Well, uh, Cephas could become Bourne. Okay, I you you know what? I'll I'll take that. I, I'm I'm too down on the Niners. I'll take that. Sure, Kendrick Bourne's better than I think. <laughs> Kendrick Kendrick Bourne is a decent wide receiver three. He's not a good wide receiver three, but he's perfectly acceptable in that role. Yeah, but you see, Cephas is it, would Cephas be a good uh best suited as a three or a four do you think a four four okay yeah. yeah i i would say um like adam humphreys just got cut i wouldn't be surprised if he was a lion next year honestly it's not um, a bad call do you do do they still have um did they get rid of amandola or is he still under contract no he's gone okay he's gone so maybe uh, maybe amandola but good is what they can have yeah, I mean, I don't know if I call Humphreys good, but he's he'd be better than old Danny Amendola. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, if Galladay's back, Galladay should be pretty productive. Um, not as productive as he would have been with Stafford because Jared Goff is below average. Um, but he should still be a probably a wide receiver two for fantasy. Um, obviously he's a good dynasty asset if you want to buy low on him. Uh. And then Hawkinson's really the only other like set piece, and I would expect him to continue to progress. I mean, he's gotten better. Uh, he got better from the start of his rookie season to the end of his rookie season. He took a pretty big jump last year. His hands got better. His route running got better. He's working out with Kittle again in the offseason. I expect him to be a very good player next season, and that should translate to 
him being a pretty stable option at tight end. Like if you're if you're somebody who has like a tier two that you don't want to go past at tight end, then Hawkinson's going to be one of your best options there past the top three guys. Yeah, that's kind of that's where I have him pegged too. I have him. I'm looking uh, right there with um, uh, Mark Andrews in my mm-hmm. tier two behind Kelsey Kittle Waller. And I think um, I've been I've been ruminating on it. I had Andrews over Hawk last week, and I, the more I think about it, the more I'm gonna flip it. I think I think Hawk's gonna be four. Um, so, where do you think they go in the draft this year uh, in the first round? So they pick at seven. Yeah. Um... The way I've been kind of gaming it out, it seems like it's always receiver. You know, mm-hmm. even if they trade down, I I feel like one of one of Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddle is going to be a lion. I, I don't know which one, but I feel like one of those guys is going to be in Honolulu Blue next year. <laughs> uh, I, I like that. Uh... That uh, tempering the expectations for the Lions, but uh, going over the top for. Uh... Uh, the rookies. I like that that needle to thread. Um, Mike, you got any questions for Walker about the uh, Detroit uh, Lions? Most notably, are they going to go with DeAndre Swift as a bell cow, or um, are they going Adrian Peterson going to hang around and um, carry on Johnson, or what, what are they going to do there? Uh, I would uh, at this point, I would probably figure on Peterson not being back. Um, Carry on will be around, but he won't get a whole lot of touches. I think they'll use Swift in a pretty similar vein to how Kamara is used. So I don't think Swift's going to be a 250 carry guy. I think he'll be more in that 175 to 200 carry range, but he's also going to be somewhere in like the 90 to 100 target range probably. So I I think that he'll be used. He'll be like Kamara light basically. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they'll probably draft somebody in the third or fourth round to be the number two guy. Like, uh, I don't know, like Chuba Hubbard or Kylan Hill or Jamar Jefferson, somebody like that. Okay, yeah. And and the more I think about it, the more if I tried to put a coaching staff together that would do the best for DeAndre Swift, I think a little bit of New Orleans and a little bit of Anthony Lynn's Chargers, um, I think that that would probably be the ideal situation for him. So... I'm bullish on Swift as well this year because of that. Uh, Evan, any questions about the Lions? I, yeah, I want to see that backfield thin out a bit. I'm a Swift fantasy fantasy. I don't I don't have him in my one keeper league, but I I like to see we all like to see RB one production from as many players as possible. That's right. And uh, uh, Walker, if you wanna if you wanna know that you're surrounded by friends, Evan, what did you have Kenny Galladay ranked last year? Wasn't it like second yes he was your wide receiver too last year yeah <laughs> so, yeah well i figured the quarterback uh, like, had to get better and he was the wide receiver five with like a season ticket holder thrown in the ball or whatever yeah i mean he got hurt but yeah he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be wide receiver five this past year regardless even though stafford played great so, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next team, which is going to be me stalling wait, to get wait, back wait, to my wait, doc. Wait, wait, oh, Mike, you, you have another question? There. Yes. Yeah, I definitely want to know why um, Walker believes that uh, he, Kenny Galladay would not be a, a wide receiver five. I think that's interesting. Well, I mean, he wouldn't be a wide receiver five because he's much better than that. 
Well, like, I mean, like ranking-wise. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, no, I, I just because Marvin Jones was healthier and played better because TJ Hawkinson took on a bigger role because we had a very talented pass catching running back coming out of the backfield. Um, there were just more options. It's not that Galladay got worse. Um, right. It's just that he was fighting for targets a little bit more, especially the deep ones. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. I was just curious on, because there was so much hype on him coming no, into the season. Stud. Yeah, he's a, he's a stud player. It's just that the offense was a little healthier. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, more weapons around him, less need to lean on him, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, Mike, we're back to you, right? You're, you got the Falcons? I do have the Falcons. All right. Yeah. So, so Dan Quinn out, fired midseason. Interim Raheem Morris also out. Steve Sarkeesian, OC, out. In Arthur Smith, who is the Titans offensive coordinator, and Dave Ragone, who I figure is just going to be a puppet offensive coordinator for Arthur Smith. Um, so, Mike, what, what can we expect for the Falcons in 2021? All right. So, as before with Sirianni, a little bit background on Smith. He uh, Interesting, he started off on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the for Washington team football in 2007, uh, serving under... Legendary coach Joe Gibbs. So I'm sure Gibbs passed on some knowledge, hopefully, in there. Um, and in 2011, he moved over to Tennessee again, um, just like Sirianni, and offensive quality control. I think if you want to get into the coaching business, you got to be an offensive quality control or defensive quality control because it seems like all these new coaches, that's where they are, offensive quality control. Um <laughs> Smith served under four different head coaches, but was mostly uh, Packers, uh, now head coach Matt LaFerre's sort of uh, grooming um, student and took him under his wing. And then in 2019, Smith became the OC for Tennessee. Uh, as the OC there, Smith deployed primarily a run-based offense, as we saw with Derrick Henry, um, and then going to the play action with Ryan Tannehill. Mostly, he likes to use 11 and 12 personnel groupings, um, but it, it's really extremely balanced ty- type of offense. 40% of the plays came out of the 11, 33 out of the 12, and that's like, that's what, 33, uh, three quarters of the playbook right there, just out of those two formations. Uh, everything in this offense begins and ends with the run game, as we saw in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Um, but they use a multiple uh, dimensional scheme to run the ball, um, deploying gap and zone runs. I think gap right now is, is the key word here. Uh, so basically what's going to be interesting to me is what are in Atlanta, who's going to be running these gap gap, um, runs, uh, Todd Gurley, um, is he going to be healthy enough? Are they going to go late round? I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. Chris Carson. Oh, there you go. I, I, I go think ahead. Carson is the closest thing in free agency to the type of runner that Henry is. Yes. And so I, I've just thought that has made way too much sense as a free agency option. If Todd Gurley resigns, are you gentlemen ready for year three of us being notoriously low on Todd Gurley and people trying to tell <laughs> us we're nuts? Uh, I, I, don't, I, I think I can handle that. 
It's, it's, I don't know if you know this, Walker, but for two years now, we've been just out, just the lowest in the industry on Todd Gurley. And people are like, what? You're crazy. And we're like, nope, nope. And two years ago, we're like, dude, this is not just he had an off year. He has a lingering arthritis. And this year, it was, no, going to a better offense is not going to magically make him be good. And this year, it's going to be, oh, the Titans, Derrick Henry's offensive coordinator. Todd Gurley's a big guy like Derrick Henry. Oh, man, this is a steal if he goes to the fourth round. This, this, is, a, this is a steal for $20. We're going to be like... Stop, no, and don't. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I love that Chris Carson call, though, uh, as a replacement for Todd Gurley. Um, he's, he's definitely a gap runner, uh, and that would be that would be a perfect perfect uh, opportunity for Chris Carson. Um, so I like that call. And then um, rookies they could be looking at. I don't think they're going to be, of course, they got too many problems on the defense side. But if they go late, um, say, you know, sixth, seventh round with a, with a rookie, I'm looking at like Kylan Hill, Elijah Mitchell, maybe even Jarrett Patterson, um, one of those guys that could sort of do that gap run. But, you know, I didn't think of Chris Carson. I, I think that's that they're going to be unloading the truck full of money to get Carson because that, that's a perfect match. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, what. uh. What else do you think for Arthur Smith? What do you think for these wide receivers for uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and uh, we'll throw Hayden Hurst in there too as a pass catcher? It's difficult because if you're looking at what what Arthur Smith does, that means that you're only looking at one wide receiver um, doing doing you know a benefit of of maximum of this work. I mean. We saw, you know, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, the kind of situation. But, you know, the, the say that we're looking back at what this the Falcons used to be with, you know, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and maybe even a third wide receiver emerging. Um, it, I don't see that. I really think that it's either going to be Julio Jones or it's going to be Calvin Ridley. And now I'm leaning more towards Calvin Ridley being the number one guy out of this. But a lot of this is play action. So, yeah, no more two wide receivers. No, more, This is not going to be a goldmine for receivers anymore. It's it's going to be one guy and then, you know, another guy coming and merging every, you know, two or three weeks. So who that one guy is, I'd put money on Calvin Ridley. But you know, it's, it's really going to be, you know, streamlined. So it's not going to be, um, Russell Gage's time to shine. No. no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Say goodbye to Gage. Um, say goodbye to Hooper. Oh. Say goodbye to. Oh, I mean, maybe Zacchaeus? the tight end. Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus. Baby. Olamide, Olamide, thank, thank you. Zacchaeus. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's. Yep. I like Bye. him. But uh, but Mike, you don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, volume to go around for those guys? No, I really, I really don't. I, no, not at all. I, and what's going to be even more frustrating if it looks like this is that, you know, everybody's a lot of people are riding the Calvin Calvin Ridley, you know, top top five, top ten, you know, and we're between there, and you're going to see two or three weeks out of the season where he's, you know, um, not performing, and he's just going to be, you know, in the in the thirty range and and Julio Jones is going to emerge and it's just going to be a very, very big battle. So I don't even know if you can say Calvin Ridley is a top 10 wide receiver right now, just because there's going to be a lot of gaps missing weeks in the season where he's just not performing as well as we've come to accustomed to him. Okay. 
Okay. So um, with the new coaching staff in mind, where do you think the Falcons go? They pick at four. Do you think they pick at four? Do you think they trade for a, uh, to a quarterback needy team? What do, you, what do you think happens there with the Falcons at four? I, they, they're going to go defense. They're probably going to go defense this whole entire draft, except for, you know, unless, like, as I mentioned, um, they want to get someone who's who's a big gap kind of runner. And then they'll but that will be like the sixth or seventh round. OK, OK, sounds good. So, uh, Walker, Evan, you guys have any questions for Mike? What do you think uh, uh, for him about what might happen with the Falcons this year? Uh, what's your take? Do you? Do you think it's possible that they take Matt Ryan's successor? You know, there have been talk about that, that Matt Ryan is looking at sort of the end of the line. Uh, I just I, I I would I would think that that's something they're definitely looking at to address. But I just don't think it's going to be in the in this draft. I, I think that's maybe for next year. Um, a lot of quarterbacks are coming out um, next year that are that are pretty good, too, as well. So I, I just think they need to fix that defense, and that's what they're going to be focused on. All right. Okay. Yeah, Matt Ryan uh, is going to turns 36 this year, so he's probably still still got a couple years in the tank. Um, you know, we've seen these quarterbacks can go 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, and then Tom Brady can play forever. So, um, Evan, you got any questions for Mike with the uh, new coaching staff, with uh, with the uh, Falcons? What we think is going to happen in 2021? They better not ruin those receivers. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to ruin at least American treasure. Julio Jones ruined himself. Yeah, he well, he's, he he's kind of sunsetting, but Calvin he's, Ridley. He's yeah, he's good. he's getting up there, but I still I'm not scared, Mike. I still have Calvin Ridley in my top five, so take that, take that, buddy. I hope you're right because I really like Calvin Ridley. I just yeah, I don't I don't see them passing the ball as much as I think that's really going to come down. Well, no, I mean, we. I go ahead, no, I I agree with honestly both of you. I think I, I definitely think it's going to be Calvin Ridley in the AJ Brown type mold, and then Julio Jones is like the Corey Davis type guy. Like, I'm sorry, I stepped on you. No, it just just and I'm not not comparing those guys in terms of talent because they're different types of receivers, and you know, obviously Corey Davis is nowhere near as good as Julio Jones, but <laughs> it's uh. Just in if you're plotting out what roles they're going to play in an Arthur Smith type offense, I think it's going to look more like that. For over a decade, the Falcons have been the team for a safe, consistent wide receiver one. You know, it was Julio and now Calvin really took over the mantle. And before that, it was Roddy White. I just mm-hmm. I looked at them for that safety in wide receiver ones. I just, don't touch Calvin Ridley. Don't don't break him. Don't break him. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get going on to the next head coach here, which is going to be the, oh, my God, I don't want to talk about this, the Houston Texans, boys. This team is, I I picked the two messiest teams here, the Jets and the Texans. Bill O'Brien's out, uh, as is interim head coach uh, Romeo Cornell. In is David Culley, who's the Baltimore assistant head coach, but he's been coaching football since 1978. Um, And Tim Kelly, is staying as the OC. If you haven't heard of him, he is the current Houston Texans OC. So there, so he's got some staying power in this organization. He's trying to uh, make a go of it with Deshaun Watson. Um, like the Jets, I don't know who is going to be playing for the Texans come 2021. We talked about Sean Watson. Uh, they released Duke Johnson, talked about that, released Nick Martin. They said they wouldn't tag Nick Will Fuller. They cut J.J. Watt. 
seems like this year one is going to be a big factory reset button that they're going to hit on the franchise where they are going to just say, we're going to take our lumps in 2020 one. We're going to do the, the, the quote unquote culture shift thing. And um, we'll be back. We'll see you in 2022. Um, but a little bit about David Coley. Um, he's the first, he's the oldest first time head coach. This dude is 65 years old. Which, he looks good for 65, but that is too old to be a first-time head coach. Uh, he started as a running back coach with Austin P.A. in 1978. He started in the NFL as the Tampa Bay wide receivers coach in 1994. Um, he's been with uh, Baltimore the last three seasons as the passing game coordinator and the wide receivers coach. Uh, which, if I'm going to poach a Baltimore coach, I'm not going to poach either the passing game coordinator or the wide receiver coach. But that's just me. Um not the best calling cards. He was with Andy Reed from 99 to 2016. So you can kind of expect to see a lot of the Andy Reed stuff. Um, he was with Gary Kubiak as well. Here's the thing. This is a big red flag for me. So I was listening to in the lab, which is a Houston Texans.com podcast to learn, you know, hear about what the reporters had to say. Um, he said that he was going to preach ball protection. So I think, uh, you know, going to play safe and conservative, which sounds a lot like uh, um, Bill O'Brien. Not not going to take a lot of risk. But every person they asked, so they asked about uh, Gary Kubiak, who he coached with, uh, Andy Reid, Harbaugh, Greg Roman, all these guys he coached with. They said that he's a great person who is loyal with great energy. That doesn't spark confidence for me for the Houston Texans in 2021, even if Dak Prescott is there. I mean, you've got Duke Johnson, Brandon Cooks, maybe Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, maybe Deshaun Watson, and a guy who has great energy. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to end up. I'm going to have a Houston Texan on my team this year, on any of my teams. I I I I I don't know if I can do it, unless Brandon Cooks falls falls for cheap. I just I just don't know if I can do it. The only good thing is they interviewed Brian Mitchell, who uh, was coached by. Uh, Coley a couple times and he said he thinks like Andy Reid and a lot of the stuff that Andy Reid put together was actually David Coley's brain baby so hopefully that bodes well for the Texans where he's kind of the the man behind the curtain but they also said that his his philosophy is to have no consistent philosophy um, they he will attack the weaknesses of the other team uh, he may pat the, the quote was he may pass it 50 times one week and throw it 50 times another week so for fan that's why for fantasy football purposes i don't see myself ending up with the texan because you're looking at like a wide receiver three uh, inconsistent wide receiver three and inconsistent running back two and um maybe deshaun watson i don't know i am even I, I i've been too scared to look who is behind deshaun watson on their depth chart <laughs> um let's see it is currently their backup quarterback is this is live reaction oh boy aj mccarron aj mccarron uh friend friend of the show aj mccarron uh evan do you remember the aj mccarron story uh-oh we lost evan where'd he go he's gone he's gone all right well, while Evan sorts out his, his issues, Walker, I'll, I'll tell you and, and the folks. And Mike, I don't know if you remember this story. Uh, so when we first did player profiles, uh, we started, we, we made the insane galaxy brain take that we were going to do everybody, everybody who might be fantasy relevant. And we did it alphabetically. So that means out there, there's a football absurdity, fantasy football player profile for AJ McCarron. 
we tweeted this out and it it got a like on Twitter and we looked at it and it was AJ McCarron's official account on Twitter. And we're like, oh my God, AJ McCarron, this is crazy. This is incredible. And then we look again 10 minutes later and we were blocked by AJ McCarron. And then we look at the the player profile and it has one view. So he's AJ McCarron at that point was the only one who read our player profile of him and found it worthy of a block. Um, Cause we use the, fr- something about, uh, you know, his, his, he has a massive chest tattoo. So, you know, he doesn't make great decisions with the football. Um, mm-hmm. Something along those lines, but that's, that's the AJ McCarron story. That's first year football absurdity stuff. So um, part was there that, he is. I, I was that, vamping for Evan to come back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had, I had a sudden bathroom emergency. I'm sorry. I thought I had time. Um, it's all Walker's fault. I mean, let's be face it. He's the only new variable here. So Walker, why did you make me have to violently use the bathroom? Not I'm sorry. Uh, the best part, I don't know if you told this story, but at that point in time, the, the, that article had exactly one hit. So yeah, we're like, the only that. person yeah. reading this article is Major McCarron Googling himself. Like, so we may have to make a player profile for AJ McCarron again this year. <laughs> Deshaun Watson doesn't play. It'll be one yeah. word. It'll just say no. It'll just say don't do it. So, <laughs> all right. Um, any questions for me about the Texans? Because like the Jets, I'm sort of I'm sort of in the same boat with the Texans and the Jets. There's so much up in the air. I don't know what what's going to be good. And I and seeing that he's pulling from Greg Roman, uh, Andy Reid, and Gary Kubiak, I can't tell what his offensive philosophy is going to be at this point. Uh, David Johnson, yes. Yes, probably David Johnson, yes. I. I try to stay away from that tier of running back just because, uh, you know, he goes running back 20, he finishes running back 18. You know, there's no, there's not a big value get there, but if you're going like zero RB and he's sticking around to the, like the fifth round, absolutely. David Johnson. Yeah. I, I just think he could possibly be good value. Obviously if, if he's going in like the mid to late third or something, then no, but yeah. So this, this, the David Johnson tier of back is one I, I kind of try to avoid just cause Ben Trager on CBS calls it the the running back dead zone where they tend to go. And, and it's I wrote an article about it where there's like no such thing as a bounce back running back. These guys like that are at the end of their line that we expect to take a big step forward almost never do. Your your Todd's Gurley, your uh, David's Johnson, your Le'Veon's Bell. Um, these guys don't take a big step forward and um, there's not a lot of value to be had there. And, you know, if you're starting running back, running back, and he's going third, fourth round, that's when you got to start snagging a wide receiver or two, or if uh, uh, one of the top three tight ends suddenly falls. Um, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't know about taking him there because there's not going to be a lot of value add, but if he's the only game in town, you know, he might squeeze some blood from a stone. I, I think that that's that that's the only value we can find from David Johnson in 2021 is uh, uh, a looter in a riot, um, just getting whatever he can on a on a dysfunctional offense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right. Anything else before uh, Evan talks Chargers? What what are they going to do with this wide receiver mess that sort of cleared up? I mean. You have Kiki QT, who... That's what they're going to do, baby. Kiki QT. They're going to do yeah. the dumbest thing possible. It's Houston. I, well, they're going to give a bunch of snaps to Chad Hansen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just stuff to, yeah, Chad Hansen. I, I think it's... They got it. If they want anything, they got to get Will Fuller back. 
they don't have draft capital. They don't pick till the third round. That's why I didn't even talk about a draft pick. It, it, it's in, the player's going to be inconsequential. Well, partially inconsequential, but he's not going to be a, you know a big move there at the top of the third. But their wide receiver room is Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kiki QT, Chad Hansen, Isaiah Coulter, Damian Ratley. Just it's it's a bunch of number three wide receivers. Brandon Cooks are accepted but there's there's no depth to this room it's very top heavy it's brandon cooks and then a bunch of number threes fours and fives they got to get will fuller back if only to have some sort of goodwill for the for for deshaun watson or for the fan base because they are a mess they have alienated everybody and if in this if so they were on the verge of stepping on the chief's throat in the 2020 playoffs, they were on the verge of doing that. They kicked a field goal from that point. If things go the way they're going, they're going to lose DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Will Fuller on that time frame, And you replace them with Brandon cooks and David Johnson, like for just the sanity of, of the team to function. They have to keep, they have to keep Will Fuller in the building. They have to, they say they don't want to tag him, but they have to. Because otherwise, this team is just gonna it's it's gonna be the worst team in the NFL. Period. Well, it might not matter if they don't have a quarterback throwing the ball too. That's what I'm checking right now to see if they even have their 2022 pick. Because <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like Bill O'Brien put this franchise in such a hole that it's gonna take them years to climb out of it. It's gonna take them forever to climb out of it. Oh, thank God they okay. So they actually pick again next year. Whew. So they remember, have the remember, remember it was around this time last year I was defending Bill, Bill O'Brien. Yes. And, <laughs> and going wait wait let's let's see what happens because you know I th- I think there was an overreaction here let's let's just see how it plays out. Um, I, uh, Mike, yeah, do you want to revisit that? <laughs> I, I I guess I do, but I, I really don't. Yeah. So I w- I was not going to bring it up, but yes, you were vociferously defending Bill O'Brien last year, and you I was guys like, were what? like, what is wrong with you, dude? What? <laughs> heck man i think that was you're you're a very cautious person and you tend to not blow with the winds and so i think the winds were blowing too hard so you pushed back against it i think that's what it was and it put you in a in a position where you were defending bill o'brien yeah i was exactly that's exactly what happened (laughs) all right let's move on to the chargers uh evan that's going to be you and then we'll get to walker's top fives for next year and his sleeper at each position and then we'll get out of here so evan uh, the Chargers, as we mentioned, no longer have Anthony Lynn, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Lions. Uh, they also got rid of Ken Wisenhunt, who was the OC. In is Brandon Staley, who was the Rams defensive coordinator last year, and Joe Lombardi, who will be their offensive coordinator. So what can we expect? What changes can we expect for the Chargers in 2021? Yeah, to paraphrase Katy Perry uh, from her album 2008, one of the boys, because you're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, then you're no. You're Lynn? Then you're out. So Haley's oh! in, and he got it. No. <laughs> me, okay. Uh, Just the quiet uh, no is <laughs> is all you need. Uh, Brandon right. Staley is a great fit. He was the Rams defensive coordinator, and what Brian Staley does, and he was only Rams defensive coordinator for 18 games, but in that time he made the he takes good play, great players and makes the entire uh, rest of the team better around them. Uh, uh, and we all know uh, the Rams had a pretty good player back there on defense, and uh, Aaron Donald didn't even have that that remarkable of a season uh, compared. It was actually you know slightly statistically 
and and on tape it was just as good, but statistically it was slightly less than the previous year even. But the rest of the team stepped up. They were 17th in points allowed uh, in 2019, and they were. First in fewest total points allowed last year. Uh, the Chargers, now he's going to the Chargers, where they were 23rd last year, in part doing playing four games against uh, top 10 scoring teams in the league, uh, Kansas City and your Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he has two great players on there, Joey Bosa and Derwin James. So I, I'm expecting the similar... I, 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 Weirder things have happened, but it seems on paper to be a, a, a much better fit than Urban Meyer earlier. Uh, what's uh, confusing about whether or not it's going to be a fit is, uh, oh, you know what? I, I, I've been saying a lot of stats. Let's put the stats aside. Let's leave the metrics on the table and just focus on this. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. And Brandon Staley beat Russell Wilson so badly in the playoffs that Russell Wilson wants to quit the Seahawks. <laughs> like, licking. Oh my God. I want to see this guy have more power. I want to see what he can do. Let's turn him loose. Uh, Joe Lombardi is stepping in over Ken Wisenhunt. And Joe Lombardi hasn't, he was, I, th- I think he was head coach like 15 years ago or something for a day or something. Uh, and at that time, at that time, he, he's probably changed. Hopefully he can, because at that time, he favored a heavily power-running game. And if you had to rank every starting running back in the league based on least likely to be a power-runner and fit the game, uh, Austin Eckler has to be right there at number one. So hopefully he's he's, he's learned a lot of things. You know, he he, he was with the, the uh, Saints most recently, and, mm-hmm. and they definitely don't run a power-running game. Uh, they run every running game, it seems like. Uh, and hopefully that will... That will play out well for Eckler, who I think has a skill set similar to Kamara. Maybe not in terms of ability, but still, still in what it looks like. So that could be a fit. That could be a fit. We'll 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 see. We'll see. But I, I I'm liking that now. I'm liking that now. Uh, this feels right. This 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 Los Angeles Chargers nailed it that time. Uh, uh, fit with Staley and Lombardi feels right. I'm optimistic. Question for you. Keenan Allen has been a target monster. Uh, Lombardi is coming from the Saints where he watched Slant Boy dominate the league. Is Keenan Allen somehow going to get an uptick in targets, do you believe? Or is it going to be he's already kind of maxed out on his target load? Well, the question is, uh, was Keenan Allen a target monster last year because um, Herbert knew he was a safe pick? Or is it just that Keenan Allen is so dominant? Because if Herbert takes a step forward, which he was rookie of the year, I would be shocked if he doesn't take a step forward. He might be spreading the ball around more. Or Joe Lombardi goes, nope, here's the game plan. Throw it to this dude 200 times. So we'll see. I would probably say those two things balance out. And he remains the same and gets 100 catches even, like he did in 2020. Yeah, he's a, he's a shoe in for somewhere between 90 and 100 catches and uh, uh, 1,100 to 1,300 yards. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, Evan on Hard Knocks, uh, if you want to know why Keenan Allen had so many targets, uh, there was a scene where Herbert, after a supercut of Herbert being a complete dud, um, not being able to do anything, he says, I know what my job is here. He's talking to Keenan Allen. And he goes, my job here is to get you the football. You, Keenan Allen. So I think... Uh, with uh, the the slant boy move there with uh, Michael Thomas, I think it's a a good move for Keenan Allen. Uh, Walker, Mike, you guys have any questions for Evan? Mike, do you have one? 
are they going to sort out this running back situation with all these like running backs or is it going to be just uh, a Kalen Balaj? Yeah, Kalen Balaj and everybody else. Yeah, Lombardi doesn't speak to that 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 working out, and neither does Staley. Like, well, Staley was the defense coordinator. Never mind. Um, that was a misspeak on my part. So I don't know. I don't think they have any reason to 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 do that because they don't want to. You know, they don't. Eckler's not a big guy. They don't want to give him th- third down carries and stuff like that. And why not just go with the hot hand then? So yeah, I don't think that's going to sort itself out. Yeah, I mean, personally. Eckler the last two years has been part of a two back system when he's been playing. Uh, he's been the dominant half of it um, until Melvin Gordon, you know, except for the games with Melvin Gordon. But um, yeah, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson. I don't think Kalen Balaj is under contract. I was just being facetious there. <laughs> uh, hey, Walker, hey guys, remember, yeah. when, remember when Austin Eckler got like 22 touches in week one and then everyone said, see, we were right that he's going to suck this year. Yes. Yeah, he was the wrong kind of touches. It was yeah. the wrong kind of touches. You don't understand. That was so bizarre. They're so opposite logic. Because I'm like, the whole... You guys have been hating him all offseason saying he doesn't get enough carries. And then he gets carries. And you're like, see? And I'm like, what? You you were wrong there. Like... Yeah. yeah. Are, you cons- are, are you concerned at all about Lombardi? Because he was the OC for the Lions for a while. And he decided that it was a great idea to turn cannon-armed Matt Stafford into a game manager, and I'm very afraid he's going to do the same thing to Herbert. Well, Herbert and Stafford do have similar play styles, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I, I don't think I could add much uh, because you have you have the insight there. Ha, huh, going to be thinking about Herbert now. Yeah, that kind of throws some cold water on my Herb's love, too. Because, yeah, I was looking at this 2014-2015 with the Lions. and um, It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. I'm trying to see who... Oh, yes, okay. I remember this. Uh, Jim Jim Bob Cooter replaced him, and then all of a sudden, uh, Matthew Stafford became unlocked for a couple of years. Yep. I'm, I'm actually, frankly, worried about um, Herbert. Um, he, his last, what, three or four games were not anywhere near what he was um, prior to that. I, I think, I mean, the, his running ability is probably going to save him from falling completely out, but I'm looking quarterback 7 to 10 right now for him. Oh, yeah, I, I think I have him. Hold on. He's not going to be in my top five. Yeah, I have him ninth right now. So I'm not too far off from you guys. I, I thought that a lot of a lot of people were thinking, like, top five for him. Um, Ooh, uh, he's, like, there's too many. There's too many others. He's 11th. For They're me right safer. Now. Ooh, so he's not even in your top 10, Walker. Nope. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, um, God, yeah, I, I, like, I think that's about where he should be. 10. You know. Yeah. Keenan Allen really is just Mr. Slant. He caught 100 balls last year. The longest one was 28 yards. Wow. Wow. That's um. That's uh. That's Slant boy. <laughs> I mean, that's who he is. He's he's insanely good at it, but that's who he is. Yeah, I mean so that that's his uh, his ecological niche in the NFL, and and uh, yeah, I think uh, Joe Lombardi will be like, all right, we'll do that, we'll do yep. that. Um, and, yeah. uh, I think my, it, one of my bold predictions is going to be that Keenan Allen has over 100 catches and under 1,000 yards. So he's going to do the the 2020 juju. Uh, the Jarvis Landry. The Jarvis Landry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the oh, Miami. he did the 2020. He technically did the 2020 Keenan Allen. 
Did he do that? Oh, he had a hundred and like ninety nine hundred. Yeah, it's it's close because he had a hundred, which is you know basically over a hundred, and nine ninety two, which is wait 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 yards. wait 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 wait. That's not how math works. A <laughs> hundred no, is not over. If he'd had a hundred and one catches based on his averages, he would have had like one thousand and one yards. Yeah, he if he had gotten he left the last game he left early in a game too. So if he gotten one more catch, yeah, he would have been over a thousand and over a uh, hundred catches. So, all right. Uh, anything? Uh, where do you think they go in the draft, Evan? They're picking thirteenth. Oh God. Um. How's their line? Not good. I'm replaying tape. Their tackles. Thirteenth uh, right where is right where you start seeing those 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 linemen get the the non the non top tier ones. Yeah, the run on the guys that's the hardest for us to write jokes about in draft draft jam. Yeah, no, the, if I mean I I would say that some some tackle, you know, seems likeliest because I don't think they're going to want to roll with like Sam Tevi Tevi, I don't know. I love I love that. I love teams that draft offensive line high. You know, I'm a fan of fantasy, so I'm a fan of offensive line above all. Yeah, so I, I would say Christian Darrisaw, Rashawn Slater, Sam Cosby, one of those guys. What did um did anybody know Forrest Lamp? I know he played like the full year for the first time, but I don't know what he graded out if, if Oh he, he was just... he was fine. Their their interior line wasn't bad because they traded Okung for Trey Turner, which was really good. Um Turner was good, Pouncey was okay, uh, and Lamb was okay. Yeah, so just just okay. Which, you know, if you get if you get stronger tackle play, you can get away with being slightly weaker up the middle. But oh um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at predictions from analysts, and seven out of eight of the ones I'm looking at said OT. Now, so there you go. Yeah, it's not it's there's no there's five different OTs listed here though, so there's no consensus. But yeah, well that's how it was last year when you got around like. Uh, with all the the offensive tackles that went in the you know middle of the first round last year, that's you could just throw them into a bag and and uh, that's how it felt. Mock drafts went. They all went to the same teams. It was just different guys to each team. So, mm-hmm. um, so all right. Um, I think that's it for the uh, head coaches. So uh, all of us had to talk about two things. Except Walker, you only had one team because you're the new guy. We wanted to make sure you didn't get overloaded, but. You got to give us your top five at each position because we have an accountability doc that we have. So mm-hmm. your early top five and your sleeper at each position. Okay. So at quarterback, number five, Deshaun Watson. Ooh. Number four, Kyler Murray. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Uh-huh. Don't like that. Number two, <laughs> Josh Allen. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Hey, we have you and I have the same guys in the top five, except I have Lamar's fifth. So um, and uh, sleeper is the same as every year. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, baby. I, I like Kirk Cousins as a sleeper. Yeah, I wrote about him earlier this year. He's a good sleeper this year. All right. Uh, who are your top five running backs going into the year? Number five, Dalvin Cook. Number four, Derek Henry. All right. Number three, Saquon Barkley. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. CMC. All right. So you guys see why I brought him on? Because those are my top five as well. 
<laughs> so he and I are are simpatico, except I've cooked third. Uh, if I'm gonna go with the sleeper as of right now, um, based on current rosters, I'll go Miles Gaskin. Ooh, Miles Gaskin, as we call him, because he lights the fire. All right. Um, or as Waleed called him in too many articles, Miles Gaskins. And it's, yeah. it's, an, it's an old man trait of his. All right. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's, that's Midwest. That, right that's a mis- Midwest movie. Yeah. And there was a whole article where it was just Gaskins uh, like 10 times. And I was like, come on, man. So, all right. <laughs> Wide receivers. Uh, number five, Tyreek Hill. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. This uh, number three, Stefan Diggs. Number two, Devontae Adams. Number one, AJ Brown. Ooh. AJ Brown. Ooh. Yeah. Some explaining to do. Uh, AJ Brown was on a per game basis, I think the number seven receiver this year in an extremely low volume passing offense while being injured the whole season. He'll be healthy next year. He'll have similar to even less competition for targets. He's got a great quarterback, and they're assuredly going to throw the ball. They're not going to throw the ball less than they did this past year. I see, unless he gets hurt and misses time, there's almost no way he's not better. Wow. That's awesome. I I love it. I love that A.J. Brown at one uh, sort of situation. So, um, wow. Yeah, good, then, good, good call. Good reasons. Uh, who's your sleeper? Uh, I mean, a guy I've been really railing on that his ADP is going to be way too low is Cortland Sutton. That's a good one. Because I, I think he, he's still the number one guy. He, he is the guy in Denver. It's mm-hmm. not Jerry Judy. It's going to be Cortland Sutton, and he's going to come back and take the, the big target load, eight targets, nine targets a game. And he's good. He's a good player. I, I I think he's definitely a wide receiver, too. Yeah, I think Solid everybody player. forgot how good he is. I think that that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, we got Gaga over Jerry Judy and forgot how good Cortland Sutton was. And Jerry Judy let us down. And for some reason, people think he'll still be the wide receiver one. Um, which Got to confirm those priors, baby. That's right. Got to confirm those priors. All right. Who's you, who are your tight ends and why is TJ Hawkinson one? Uh, TJ Hawkinson's five. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark Andrews at four. George Kittle at three. All right. Darren Waller at two, although those are pretty much interchangeable. And Travis Kelsey at one. Um, sleeper, I'm going with OJ Howard. Ooh, OJ Howard. So what do you think happens with Gronk? Is he gone or is he just? I taking don't. Over? I don't know. I. I I feel like if Gronk is back, it's going to be a pretty similar thing to the season where like every fifth game he shows up, but most of the time he's just like blocking and catching occasional dump offs. And Howard was playing quite well before he got hurt earlier in the season. Um, A couple things need to go his way, but especially at this point, Godwin is not currently on their roster. So, and neither is Antonio Brown. So I think Howard takes over some of those targets, and he's a really dangerous option down the seam, which is a place that Brady loves to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, in the event that Godwin comes back, or you know that they've still got that insane log jam at tight end that they don't, you know, either not resign Gronk or trade Brate, uh, 
a guy, another guy I like is Adam Troutman. Okay. Troutman for the uh, Saints, right? Yeah. I, I think he, he, he takes, he essentially is going to take over the Jared Cook role. It's not going to be super high volume, but I think maybe a reasonable amount of touchdowns. And he's definitely a guy you can stream. I think mm-hmm. I liked him in the draft last year. Uh, good, good. Excuse me. A uh, guy who goes, you know, late third, early fourth out of Dayton is, and uh, you know, you know that there's some ability there. Yeah, I remember watching his tape, and I was like, I can't tell if he's good or if he's playing against, you know, guys my size. <laughs> oh, also an- another guy to pay attention to if Hunter Henry's not back with the Chargers is Donald Parham. Parham's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's that's a good sleeper. So you you get three three head sleepers at tight end. How's that? That, sure. That's your, that's your new guy. Bob. I, I will pick one of them in the near future. Once I know free agent destinations, I will pick one of them. Yeah, yeah. So that that's obvious. So, um, all right, guys. Does any, do you guys have anything to add, or we 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 got this one in the books? All right. So thank so. you for. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Welcome to Walker. He'll be with us going forward. And um, if you don't like what you heard, uh, just subscribe. So for Mike, for Evan, for Walker, this is Jeff. And never forget that Mike said Jalen Hurts is a Joe Montana situation. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, bah. Bye. Bye.